This is Doug Chiding of Rogue Cookers, Texas Embedded Correspondent. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike your match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, and tonight especially the Major League Baseball All-Star Game, home of the world. Greetings. Hopefully you guys are recording the All-Star Game. Tuning in live to the Really Big Barbecue. I'm your program host, by the way, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you here. If you feel like joining in tonight and you are highly encouraged to call in during both the interview segments in the first hour, maybe the second hour, but if you want to know how to get in touch with me, here's how you do it. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. In case you didn't get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now, it is the second Tuesday of the month of July. We have five months left, four and a half months left, I guess, or so, if you're counting technically. 2019 rapidly coming to a close, but the second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from none other than the creator of the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website on the face of the earth. He has also pioneered the Pitmasters Club Forum. He's a part of this new Barbecue Stars series of videos that you can purchase. I'm not sure exactly how that whole thing works. You do have to pay a price. I don't know if it's if you can pick who you want to see or if you just pay one entrance fee. Maybe somebody in the chat room knows about that that can enlighten me a little bit. Or we could ask Meathead himself, I guess. But we have uh, the 14 and 35 past the first hour segments ready to go with Meathead. We have a ton of Facebook questions. Not only do we have a ton of Facebook questions, but a lot of those Facebook questions are actually really good Facebook questions. So... We do have a topic that we are going to be hitting on. Meathead slightly touched on it just in a very cursory sense last month, and he has really fired up this bandwagon of not agreeing with how Traeger is positioning itself in the gas grill market or what they are saying to those people that have gas grills and that cook with gas grills. He is going to vent on that first. And then we will get to your multitude of Facebook questions after that. And that will wrap the first hour. Then we will move to the second hour 
as we followed in 2019 a little earlier, a few months ago, a month or so ago, whatever. Big on this show always in the first part of the year is the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and in doing that, we have had some guests uh, that didn't make it into the hall, or they were part of the uh, nine semifinalists, if that's what you want to call them. Uh, But tonight, we do have a representative of one of the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame induction uh, recipients. That's probably not the right English, but that's all right. One of the inductees into the 2019 Barbecue Hall of Fame. That's better. He was a guest on the show way back in 2012, believe it or not. It is the brand ambassador for Stubbs Barbecue and grandson of CB Stubblefield. Rocky Stubblefield will be joining me in the second hour, and we will be talking a little history again. I mean, if you haven't crawled all the way back through seven years of archives, and there's more than that, by the way, but if you haven't crawled back through it, and you are just finding this show here over the last couple of weeks. We'll get a little background on C.B. Stubblefield and how he started the barbecue passion, where that grew into business, and then, of course, how it grew into the juggernaut that it is today and where they might look to grow. And then we'll also obviously talk about getting the news that C.B. Stubblefield has been inducted into the Barbecue Hall of Fame and what that means to him being a grandson, obviously other family members, people within the Stubbs business. And I'm kind of intrigued on, have they seen any type of uptick in sales or recognition or requests for media other than me because of the Barbecue Hall of Fame? I know there were some thoughts that if you got into the barbecue, somehow you were going to magically find a new stream of wealth or a new level of fame, something along these lines. So we'll get the insight from Rocky Stubblefield in the second hour. That's who you got. Stubbs Barbecue, second hour. Meathead first hour, your phone calls and emails if you want to jump in. At BBQ Central Show on Twitter and Facebook if you want to follow me socially. Facebook is, uh, I'm sorry, at BBQ Central Show Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on the Facebook. So first, I want to thank everybody who called into the hotline over the past few days as I put a request out that if you wanted to cut an ID for the show like, hey, this is Timmy in Louisiana, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central show, or if you wanted to say, who knows. But I said, at at its very bare bones, if you wouldn't mind calling into the hotline, you don't have to talk to me. There isn't like 15 takes. Just gimmick up and let me have it over the phone, and then I'll do the rest. And I had easily 10, 11, maybe 12 new ones flow in over the last couple days. Such luminaries as Dino Dan, Gene Apicella, Jeff Stone, uh, Sylvie Curry, Meet Mitch, Steve Ray, Stover, Terry Heil, a Brisky Dorf called in, believe it or not. So a uh, uh, Doug Shiding was in. So a number of you have really stepped up and cut IDs for the show, which I like. It keeps it fresh and They're on rotation, so you might not hear yourself today or next week or the week after that, but maybe the week after that. Who knows? So they just randomly get picked and shot up there. There'll be one, always one at the top of the show, always one at the top of the second hour, and one to close the show because they run right at the top of the hour. So there you have it. And thanks again to everybody that's called in to take part. Now, in keeping with the mayo slash miracle whip conversation that I had with Sam, the cooking guy last week. I ran a poll on the tweeter the other day, and as expected, 
And no surprise to this guy. Mayo ran away with the win. 70% love Mayo. 30% love Miracle Whip, which means 30% of you are certifiably crazy. And 70% of you are Mensa status. And thank you to all those who voted. You know, for a uh, such a large Twitter following as I have, a little disappointed in the voter turnout, I guess. <laughs> Lastly, and this is you know a sports town in Cleveland, but this is not a sports show. However, I do have a hot take as it relates to the sports world and specifically my favorite sport of all time, women's soccer. Please tell me that you watched the FIFA World Cup Finals because I did. And let me tell you something. That game was awesome. I mean, if you can't sit there and just love all over the footwork and the running and the passing and the kicking and the setting up and no scoring for like an hour, you just hate sports. You probably don't like yourself too much, but you definitely hate sports. Top that with the fact that this is the national team. So it's like double great. Who doesn't love soccer? Who doesn't love soccer? You know who? Me. Is anyone even talking about this anymore? No. Can you name me more than two people on the team? No. Do you know why? Because it's soccer. And let me beat you to the punch. This is not a women slash men thing either. I have three daughters. I'm really into women's rights, equal opportunity, equal pay, equal play, all that crap. At least the women's team wins. A lot, I might add. The men's team is horrible. They lose a lot. The women's team wins a lot, like world championships. The men's team can't even get out of whatever round it is to start. I can't even name one man on the soccer playing team. So, to recap, lots of running, lots of running, flopping, more running, and in 98 minutes, you can't get more than two total points scored? And if you disagree, that's fine. You are allowed to be wrong, but let me ask you this. Where does soccer rate in America? And I'm talking about professionally. I'll tell you where it rates just ahead of chess, and just behind backgammon. I know what you're saying, Remp, you hate soccer, and you know what? You're right, I hate soccer. If soccer went away, you would never miss it. And the good news is, there's a whole world around us that loves this stuff. Every other country in the world loves soccer. They live and die soccer. And you know what that makes the rest of the world? Wrong! I would run down the list of sports that are better, but we would have to turn this into a four-hour show. Maybe Meathead has a take on that. He's coming up out of the break. I'm going to talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, makers of award-winning barbecue rubs and... I'm sorry. Makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Right. Look, they've always believed that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be, especially with this new cooker called the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. The Monolith is the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. This means smarter control and greater freedom with automatic temperature control. 
easily choose cooking time, temperature, let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. And with minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill, and you can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. Now, if you have an automatic temperature control device uh, controller from the Barbecue Guru, you don't need to go out and buy a new one in order to hook it up to the monolith. It has the draft fan already built into it, as I had mentioned. The first one ever to do that. You can just take your existing controller and then hook it right up to the fan. Away you go. Away you go. So fun. Now, if you want to upgrade that technology, that's on you. Give them a call at 800-288-GURU. You can also visit their website and see what they have at bbqguru.com. Very easy. They make it so simple. And remember, make sure that you ask all of your questions so you can make sure that you're buying all the right stuff. Make sure you are outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. That's what they say. All right, Meathead from AmazingRibs.com coming up. Stick around. We'll be right back. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher's Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, sauces, grilling oils. All of Butcher Barbecue products are tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. So don't forget, you can be the pit master of your neighborhood by visiting butcherbbq.com and stocking up now. Always trust your butcher. It is the second Tuesday of the month, and of course, that brings a visit from none other than the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead. Hey, Meathead. Hey, Greg, and hello, Centralites. What's happening, Meathead? Well, I'm listening to you ranting about soccer. All right, get on it. All right, listen, you know, I'm a sports fan. I played a lot of sports when I had a flat stomach, and... uh, uh, but I never got into soccer, and I felt the same way. It Do you know why? Boring, because boring, you're boring. from America, Meathead. Nobody <laughs> likes soccer here. Hey, you mean the world championship soccer country? Yeah, But I watched great. the entire match on Sunday. I just had to watch it. One match. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, it was just a lot of fun. I thought it was a really exciting match. Um, you call it a match? What do you call it? A game? Uh, a a yes. pitch? Soccer they match. Have, they play on a pitch? Yeah. Play on the pitch. But, uh, yeah, yeah. 
it was just a lot of fun. Um, I saw a lot of skill. And yes, I can name Megan and Morgan and Rose and Crystal and Carly and Toby and, All and right. Julie. Okay. I mean, no, nah, I couldn't name them on Saturday. But I, can you name any of the men? No. Of course no. And not. They, they got their butts kicked uh, this week, too, in some sort. I, you know, they, it's interesting. The men were in some sort of Western Hemisphere championship or something. I think it was even here in Chicago against Mexico. They got their butts kicked um, on the same day as the women. I mean, what is with FIFA putting two championship games from opposite genders on the same day? I don't get it. I don't know. Um, I mean, and you kind of proved my point, Meathead. I mean, you didn't take time out of the additional four weeks leading up to that championship no. game to watch even one match of the women, right? I, I watched like five or ten minutes, but one of the problems was is they weren't really doing a great job of publicizing when the matches oh. were being held. Yes. But, I, I, you know, I followed it, but I did. I, 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 I sat down, and I haven't watched a full sporting game even through the basketball season since football season ended, and I just sat down Sunday in the easy chair and turned on the game before it started and watched it right through the award ceremony, and it was just a lot of fun, a lot of skill, Sure. Um, a lot of talent. Very athletic. Uh, a lot of very pretty girls, too, I might say. Well, I don't know. We all, we that, all know that, Meathead loves a leggy broad, right? No doubt yeah, about it. Meathead yeah. loves him some legs. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, I thought it was interesting, the uh, the political aspects of it, that they're, 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 they're struggling for equal pay. So, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I'll see it again in four years. <laughs> I, I guess if that's when they're playing it, I will take your word for it. So before and we had an onslaught of Facebook questions yeah. and some Instagram questions. So I'm very happy that we're going to be able to, to dive into what appears to be almost maybe a, a baker's dozen or so. Uh, I don't really? know if we'll probably get to all of them, but certainly uh, we'll, we'll try to get through most of them. But there is a topic to discuss uh, at hand first, and then we will dig into these questions. And, you know, last month, as I start to go back and, and try and uh, trace where the fire started, if you will. Oh, okay. Last month, we were coming up or we were coming out of a commercial break. And it was, I, I forget exactly who it was, but it obviously had sparked something in Traeger with you. And you said, hey, does Traeger still sponsor the show? And I said, you know, not this year, but they had done last year. And you said, well, good, because if they were sponsoring you, I might be saying something that, that might toss them askew. And you went briefly on to something that it, uh, maybe they weren't um, being as business-friendly as they should be, and it, we didn't really get into it too much, but it, it stuck with you, and you started to get after them a little bit on social media. So let's kind of uh, run it back a little bit and get a full-scope view of exactly you know what the issue is, and we can listen to the uh, commercial as well if you're interested, mm -hmm. and then uh, we can dig into it more a little bit before we get into the Facebook stuff. Yeah, it's stuck in my craw. If you sure. have the commercial, why sure, don't you do. cue it up All before right. we go any further? Right. Stand by. Let me grab the audio here from the commercial. If it is, well, I had it ready to go, of course, but All right, my phone's connecting. Yes, yes, dear. Oh, the internet. How dare well, while you? While you're doing that, yes, I'll please. just give our listeners the background. Yeah, go ahead. And Greg is getting ready to play a new ad. Now, I haven't seen it over broadcast media. I don't know if um, uh, Traeger is doing broadcast media, but I have seen it on the internet, on YouTube, as a lead-in to other videos. 
And I, I want to preface it by saying, and I know, you know, this may be why they're doing this ad, because they're coaxing me into saying I like Traeger products. I like the Traeger grills. I like their new um, Bluetooth driven um, pellet uh, feed system and Max Good, who shows up on your show occasionally, yep. test grills, has given them high, high ratings, but they are running an ad that really aggravates the hell out of me and is beneath their dignity, and they ought to fire the ad agency that did it, and they ought to um, uh, just pull the damn thing down. Uh, if it's an attempted humor, it fails. All right, do you want to hear it? Yeah. All right, here we go. Let me uh, cue it up. I this do have is an it. original. All right, all right hold on. Me, I got to pull it over in your screen here, Meathead. So I apologize. Oh, you got the video. Oh, sure. You know this is this is a big deal over here. Uh, okay. Let me run the sound back so everybody's ready. Blow it out, and here we go. This is an original wood-fired Traeger grill. That's a propane gas grill. Hey, buddy, what flavor of propane are you cooking with? Gas. Smells like gas. Let's eat. The problem with propane is when you cook with gas, your food tastes like gas. Are you guys tasting this? Tastes like gas. This hot dog tastes like gas. Mine tastes like gas. It smells like gas. You can taste it. Tastes like gas. This dude is cooking food that tastes like gas. Perfect. If you want... All right, there we go. I cut it short just a little bit, but I mean... Uh, so, uh, here, here's... Well, finish finish what you're going to say, and then I'll I'll well, jump in a little. All right, being an old fart and a little out of the flow, I didn't get the taste like ass double entendre, which I guess is apparently a popular saying. Which Greg, who is hipper than I, informed me that that's a popular taste like ass. I am not familiar with that expression. I can see that there's that undertone, but just the idea that they would. Um, Make people who cook with gas grills, or just just make the false impression. Gas grills do not impart a flavor. <laughs> there used to be a rumor that there was a mercaptan from sulfur, smell and flavor. It's not. It's not true. Gas grills are perfectly fine tools, um, and I have one, and I use it occasionally. I don't use it all the time. I use pellets. I use gas. I use charcoal. I use them all. Has its place. There's nothing wrong with it. And I, the story that I told you, well, you interviewed me for the Pitmaster Club, um, and the, the story that sticks in my mind, uh, because I'm in a, I'm a business person, I run a website, and I supervise some sales activities, and I never forget a lesson I learned when I was a boy. I was around 10 years old um, uh, in the uh, late 50s, um, and our black and white TV was on the fritz, and Dad said, you know why don't we go out and look at these newfangled color TVs? Maybe we should get one and get rid of that old black and white TV. And in those days, there was no Best Buy. There was no electronics store where they had 20 different brands. You had to go to the General Electric store and the Philips store and the Zenith store and, uh, uh, you know, Sears. And each one carried their own brand. And we spent the whole day bouncing around. And every store we went to, the Zenith guy told us, let me tell you about how bad the Phillips is. And then the Phillips guy would tell, let me tell you how bad the General Electric is. And the GE guy would, let me tell you how bad. And all we just heard this from, we ended up, we didn't buy a goddamn thing. Really? And didn't, did not buy anything. We came back 
and eventually we just got another black and white TV because they all were terrible, according to the sales reps. When you're <laughs> out selling, and this is a lesson I tell our people, and this is a lesson for you, Traeger, when you're selling, if you've got a good product, and you do have a good product, sell the benefits. Sell what makes it a great product. Do not kick the competition in the teeth. Do not belittle them. Do not lower yourself and beneath your dignity. And and I know that you're sitting there saying, well, it worked. We got meathead to say we make good products. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I yeah, I, I just think it's it, it, if that's the goal, it, 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 it's just it's just not right. It's just sorry. And you don't find it. Uh, so I, I would uh, playing devil's advocate, of course, saying that they had to use the run up on propane and then say gas in order to run the rest of the joke or commercial, which is taste mm-hmm. like ass. So they're in effect, they're using gas to get to a punchline, which is nullifying gas. They're just saying it tastes bad because it tastes like ass. But you don't find that funny either. No, and I don't. And I sent you a link today, and I don't know if you plan to play this one, but I sent you a link to um, a, a competing product. Um, what was it? Um, it's uh, Camp Chef. I got it right here. Camp Chef. Camp Chef. Okay. Run a few seconds of this. Now, this is funny. This bad grill is a sin. Repent. I'm the grill god, and I'm here to help. Grilling doesn't have to be this way. But here's the problem. You love five-star food, but you don't have the tools or the time to be a five-star chef. You call yourself the king of the patio, the grill master, the barbecue legend of the whole wide cul-de-sac. But on game day, you're the one who throws pre-cooked restaurant ribs on the grill just so people eat your cooking. Also a sin. But it's not your fault, son. It's your cooking options. First option, the traditional gas grill. Sure, gas is convenient and great for searing, but the only added flavor comes when you accidentally burn stuff. If this cow wanted to be cremated, he would have put it in his will. <laughs> Second option, wood. If you want to do right by your meat, you cook it over a wood fire. It's the technique used by all the best chefs, bakers, and grillers in the world. But even if you are an expert, cooking with wood requires more time and patience than parenthood. Help, Daddy! Not now. I'm babysitting. So what will it be? Convenience? All right. So point out where you think the differences are here. Well, I, 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 I you know, look, I'm not a, uh, a student of comedy, um, uh, but I think, uh, you know, it's just funnier. It's just funnier. You don't uh, think that they are taking unnecessary shots at other sectors of the industry like you think they're just taking a run at, uh, like Traeger's taking a run at Gas Grill at the lowest yeah. level? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, I, just yesterday, just yesterday, there's a website called Quora. And if you guys haven't oh, yeah. found it, it's kind of cool. Um, you can go to Quora and you can ask any question you want under the sun. And in theory, some expert is out there listening and will answer. And um, a lot of people ask questions about cooking and grilling. And they ask me and other people who are into barbecue and grilling or meat or whatever. And the question was, if I buy a Traeger, am I cheating? And I just thought that was so typical of so many questions we hear. Is <laughs> pellet smokers cheating? And, you know, my answer was, well, if you hate good food, um, uh, then um, uh, perhaps you could call it cheating. But if you really want to be pure and true, mm-hmm. go out in the backyard, dig a hole, set tr- fire to some tree trunks, 
throw them in there, get some saplings, lay it over the top, and put your meat on top because that's traditional barbecue. If you're cooking in any kind of steel tank, tub, uh, buoy, or grill, you've strayed from tradition. Yeah. Meathead. Hey, Greg, this, yeah. my screen's frozen. I don't know about uh, other people. No, uh, you're fine here, so let's just stick with it for now. Okay. Uh, Meathead talking with me from AmazingRibs.com. Um, all right, so we, uh, you think uh, poor poor idea, poor execution, maybe a, a decent thought at a high level, but no reason to be, as you say, kind of lowering themselves beneath what they should. Sophomoric, puerile, childish, oh. um, uncool, and inaccurate, fake news, unfair, um, and they just uh, – and, and uh, I, I'm not alone. Um, I think they uh, they uh, uh, did themselves uh, lost an opportunity, hmm. and uh, so I, I, I it just frustrates me because I think there's a lot of really good gas grills out there, and you can make really good sure. food on a gas grill. Yeah, and I have one, and I use it quite a bit. I might add, so <laughs> I love it. Also, I have a number of pellet cookers which I use, and I have a Lang that I use. So I'm a big believer in having all the options at your disposal if you can. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's the Traeger stuff. Let's go ahead and start answering some of these questions as time uh, is dwindling, of course. Uh, let me ask you this to lead off, Meathead. Are you going to some type of sous vide summit this year? Yeah. You know. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> your favorite topic, I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to be honest. While I haven't become like uh, – I, I see it in, in – in uh, spurts, where it, I use it in spurts, I I'll do it for oh, steak. Sure, I do it with steak. Oh, um, I'll do this. chicken, but I don't do the pork butts and the briskets like no. these guys because I don't. I just personally, I don't believe in it. I'm not saying I, that it doesn't I, work. I just don't believe. With it is growing, and my opinion of it is is my very first opinion. And we're going back like five or six years. The first yeah. time I tried sous vide, I took a couple of ribeyes and I put one. And did one nice big thick one, did reverse sear, and did uh, another one sous vide, and then seared it over a hot charcoal fire, and came to the conclusion that the sous vide was more tender and more juicy, but the reverse sear was more flavorful. Um, and I don't think much has changed. Now, the one thing I want to do before I go to this summit, it's a big conference. Um, it runs, um, let's see, Friday, July 29th. Mm. Where's my glasses? It's coming up in a couple of weeks. Is, are the dudes that do sous vide everything YouTube no, channel going to be there? Yeah, pardon me. All right. It's the 19th. All right. Where the hell are my glasses? If I had my glasses, I could find my I glasses. Wish, I wish they were on the top of your head so I could <laughs> yeah. say, hey, they're on the top of you, but they're not. Uh, aggravating. Um, but in any case, uh, it's oh, there they are. It's July 19th, um, and it, that's a Friday. It runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's in Delaware. Um, Delaware. Yeah, it, it, it's just east of Philadelphia. I, I, it, it, I don't even, you know, it's it's essentially a suburb of Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, um, they've got a bunch of sous vide luminaries, and um, I'm speaking on sous vide Q, which is the term we have given to sous vide with barbecue. And just for the uninitiated. I'm not going to give the whole sous vide spiel by now. Most people know what it is, but it's a technique for making sure you don't overcook food and that you make food um, tender and juicy by putting in a zipper bag, zip, slipping the bag into warm water. And if you heat the water precisely, 
like 132 degrees for steak. It'll never go beyond 132, so you'll always have a medium rare steak. But when you take it out, it's butt ugly. And so you want to sear it. And you can, most people sear it in a cast iron pan or on a stovetop, but you can sear it on a grill, or you can now take it and move it to the smoker. Um, you can do a variety of things, and I'm going to talk about sous vide cube, from mm -hmm. the sous vide bag to the barbecue and grill. And uh, they've got a bunch of other uh, speakers here, Who? some scientists, some chefs. Anybody we know? Um, Are the guys well, from sous vide everything going to be on there? I don't know how many of these people you know. There's uh, Scott Heimendinger and Jason Logsdon and uh, uh, Eric Villegas. And I think these are the luminaries of the sous vide world. Huh. They, prob they probably don't know who Tuffy Stone and Myron Mixon are. I doubt that. But, uh, uh, these, are the, these are the Tuffy Stones and Myron Mixons and, uh, um, uh, of the, um, of sous, -vide the uh, world, right. sous vide world. What kind of attendance are they expecting? What do you think? I think they're calling for about 300 attendees. Um, I, I know that one of the things is after I do my presentation that evening, I'm going to be cooking. Um, Allen Brothers is supplying some steaks. And if you don't know Allen Brothers, they're not as high profile as um, Snake River Farms and some of the other guys. But they're, they're specialists in USDA prime steaks to restaurants. Yeah. And they're going to have a whole bunch of steaks there. They're going to sous vide a bunch of these steaks for me, and I'm going to sear them on top of a charcoal chimney, uh -huh. which is a technique that I've been that I pioneered. Um, and I don't know for sure if I invented it, um, but uh, um, uh, I've been using it and propagating the concept. Um, and uh, it's a great way to finish a sous vide. You just fill a charcoal chimney about halfway with charcoal, and it's the back end of an F-16. It's like... Uh, a uh, thousand degrees and wow. it, it sears the steak in a minute or less flip flip and you're done and you get a gorgeous and you can get a deep sear um so i'm going to do that i'm going to have three charcoal chimneys set up and i'm going to be uh searing steaks for the crowds so that should be fun um it's called the sous vide summit i don't have the link at my fingertips i'm terrible um but i, I think if you just google sous vide summit if not drop me a note meathead at amazingribs.com and i'll send you info um, I don't think it's terribly expensive. It does sound like it could be fun. Uh, if nothing else, there's going to be some good food. All right. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining me here on the show. Meathead, stand by, and we'll come back with more Facebook questions here. So hold on, Meathead. You just wait a damn minute. I got stuff to do. Uh, we are going to talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Hold that thought, Meathead. Don't forget. Write it down. Green Mountain Grills are some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Look at that. Editing on the fly. Look at you. I like it. Uh, Green Mountain Grills have some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Uh, they have now two different product lines to choose from. They have the classic or the traditional line, uh, which is I have one of those. And uh, they have the Jim Bowie, the Daniel Boone. Uh, Davy Crockett is uh, held separately because that... Kind of as a model they uh, renovate first before they bring over some of the other stuff to the bigger models. Then, earlier in the year, they introduced the Prime line. This has a heavier chassis build. Yes. It also has a peek-in window in the main cooking chamber. It also has the peek-in window in the uh, pellet hopper. They have two, not one, but two internal meat thermometers. And, of course, all the accessories that you need to make sure that they are ready to rock. They have 
the wood pellets that you might need. They have sauces and rubs, other accessories. Everything you need to make your pellet cooking life great. It's Green Mountain Grills. Again, the website, greenmountaingrills.com. And you can check them out by visiting their website. You can also find where their dealers are at because they only sell through dealers. It's not online or anything like that. So you can make sure you're educated, you're ready to use that thing, and that you're not going to wonder what the hell you should be doing next. Uh, Jason Baker and the gang over there believe that a dealer network is the way to go so they can train the dealers, dealers train the customers, and everybody is in the know going forward. More Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. Be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. We are back. This portion of the show brought to you by CookinPellets.com. If you have a Green Mountain Grill or a Traeger or a Cook Shack or a Mac or any one of those and you want a great source for pellets... Cooking Pellets is your place to go. Visit cookinpellets.com, C-O-O-K-I-N, cookinpellets.com, or you can also purchase on Amazon. And we are visiting with Meathead. Meathead, you also wanted to mention that uh, barbecue stars thing real quick. Well, you were talking about it in your preamble. Yes, um, I was. This is, um, it, it, there's a program out there called Masterclasses. Google that if you want. It's really interesting, and this is modeled on that. Master classes, you can pay a flat fee, and they have a series of video classes taught by top professionals. Um, um, uh, Steven Spielberg is talking, uh, is teaching how to direct a movie, you know, that kind of thing. Thomas Keller is teaching cooking. Um, they have uh, several other people, and Aaron Franklin is teaching barbecue. Well, th- this is a Barbecue Stars program. It's separate, but it runs similarly. They've brought about 11 of us, Tuffy, myself, um, Harry Sue, uh, Ariane Dugan, who is the, uh, the, the queen of foie gras and uh, 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 game meats and uh, 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 the, the guys who founded the uh, Steak Cook-Off Association. And uh, 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 Kent, uh, the, I forget the guy's last name. Kent Rollins, I think, uh, the uh, the cowboy cook. He's yep, a yep. Uh, expert in uh, chuck wagon cooking. And each of us are doing um, about eight or ten short videos for these master classes, barbecue stars classes. Um, and uh, you can buy the whole program. And you'll see all of them, all 11 of us, all eight or 10 of our. So you get like 80 or so videos um, for a flat fee. They had a pre-registration program, and I think it was 180 bucks, and that's closed now. They're going to reopen registration this fall. The um, uh, classes will start broadcasting this fall. I haven't taped mine yet. I'm still writing the scripts. But it looks kind of fun. I'm going to work real hard to make some good videos for you. Um, so keep your eyes out for that. Uh, if you don't subscribe to my newsletter, Smoke Signals, just go to AmazingRibs.com and subscribe, and I'll announce it when we uh, when it when it starts airing. Plus, we announce all kinds of new stuff in our newsletter. Um, so uh, it just comes out once a month. We don't hector you with weekly or daily uh, spam. 
All right, Meathead, so, uh, we uh, have two crazy questions very quickly. Uh, off to your left shoulder behind you, there's a top drawer that's open. What's what's in the top drawer? Oh, um, my wallet, my car keys, um, um, wallet, sunglasses. Wallet, car keys, sunglasses, just uh, general stuff, general house stuff. Yeah, um, and um, I occasionally oh, smoke oh. a Peterson. And if anybody's a pipe smoker out there, look at that. They know Petersons. These are really great um, pipes. And the beauty of the Peterson is, is the hole is in the top of the tenon, not the end. Huh. So the hot smoke hits the roof of your mouth, not your tongue. What does and that do? Important. Pardon? What? Why is that important? Well, your tongue is very sensitive, and if you're a taster, yeah. like I am, um, you don't want to burn your tongue. But the roof of your mouth has very few taste buds. How often do you smoke that pipe? Um, once a week. I used to smoke almost daily. Hmm. Uh, I, occasionally when I'm walking the dog. Um, uh, but I, 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 if I'm going to, I'll have a good... Uh, I, I have two or three Petersons, and I, they're really good pipes. What kind of a tobacco do you install in there? What's your blend um, of choice? There's a local tobacco shop, and uh, he's got a blend that he makes that I like. Mm. Uh, it's a Latakia blend, um, so it's a, it's a fine shred. Uh, also, what's the last question about pipe? Oh, do you uh, you inhale that stuff? Or you just like roll it around no, your mouth, and no, then uh, it's, it's too strong to too inhale. Much. Yeah, but it has a lovely fragrance. Okay. Uh, it really does. So how does it taste? Does it taste like a cigar? Kind of stuff. Oh, it's it, it, the, the the pipe tobacco is is a more fragrant, aromatic flavor. Mm -hmm. um, um, I mean, it's the same kind of seductive smell you see at a barbecue competition with all those great yeah. hickory smoke flavors in the air. Um, it's a different smell, but it's it's a, it, it's a it's an attractive aroma like that. I've never found cigars attractive. I've never I've never gotten into them. I had a lawyer who used to bring them in from Cuba when it was illegal, and I just never got into cigars. And do you uh, thumb the top of the bowl there? Not with my thumb, but I have a tamper that I'll tamp it down with. Yeah, but uh, don't like pipe smokers uh, put their thumb over it while they're drawing or something to like. Oh, no, that uh, can yeah, that'll raise a blister. I won't do that. No. <laughs> all right, I'm just trying to think of all the pipe no, wives' that, tales and husbands' tales. No, if heard. you do it right, though, you shouldn't have to light it more than once. Oh, all right. So you got to be like drawing on that thing fairly regular, very gently, gently. and that's part of the beauty of having a. Uh, a, a good pipe is that it's it's insulated, it holds the heat, and it doesn't let the mm. fire go out. All right. Well, it sounds like we need to be doing a master class on pipe smoking. Forget <laughs> this barbecue shit. Not me, but I, I I do enjoy it occasionally. All right. Question from Diane Me, Loyal yeah, Centralite. Who has for years put a self-imposed ban from listening to the show because of my stick to on the horse meat program? But nevertheless, oh. she asks, I need to defrost a frozen 18-pound cry brisket in 24 hours is this realistically possible and if so how would you do it um you know I'm, by the way it's good to see you diane um I, I we've never really communicated directly but i know who you are and i follow you and uh i'm honored that you would ask a question um i just posted in the youtube uh chat a link where i've written about defrosting uh, it, the thing is, the problem is, and she probably knows this, why she's asking, is brisket. It's hmm. a big, thick cut. There's, you can actually defrost thin cuts in hot water. 
And there's an article on that uh, link that I posted uh, from uh, researchers that where they tested um, thinner cuts like one-inch steak or mm. chicken breast and stuff. You can actually put it in hot water. All right, here's the, here's the theory. The theory. Um, air is a lousy conductor, as you know, because when you cook on a smoker, um, you're warming the meat with warm air. And it takes forever to cook a brisket because the air is not conducting a lot of heat. Um, whereas if you are cooking sous vide, the food is submerged in water. It's in a plastic bag. But water um, conducts heat better. And, 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 and so if you take a brisket and put it in a, a beer cooler and fill it with 40-degree water, which is, you know, will, it will keep the bacteria from growing – it's still only eight degrees above freezing, but it's eight degrees warmer than that frozen brisket. Mm. And that eight degrees is sufficient to draw a lot of heat in. It's just like cooking in a, in a pit or sous-viding, but it's at a much cooler temperature. So you're, in, you're introducing heat to the exterior of the meat, and then that exterior of the meat transmits the heat down in now will it get a 18 pound brisket done in 24 hours that's interesting mm. i don't know the answer to that but here's what i would suggest and i've had some experience with this um with turkey i have smoked a frozen turkey and you can do it straight from frozen uh, straight straight from the freezer hard uh. as a rock bowling uh. ball hard um uh, you can so what i would try now, and if it fails, Diane, don't come after me. <laughs> I would try putting it in cold water around 40 degrees, and that will probably defrost it most of the way. It may not get the deep, deep center, but you could still throw it in the pit. And while it's in the pit, it's going to thaw. Mm -hmm. And now it'll cook slower, perhaps, than normally because you've got a very cold center. But, you know, all this talk about take the brisket out of the fridge and let it sit at room temp, you can leave a brisket sit at room temp for four hours, and it's not coming up to room temp. It's still cold in that center. Um, I've done this with a two-inch steak. It takes like three hours for a two-inch steak to come to room temp. So that cold center is going to be a cold center out of the fridge and out of the cooler, so it may not be too much different than normal. And if it does take a little longer, you'll be able to track it with your pit thermometer. And you just might benefit from a thicker bark because a cold center taking longer will probably dry out the surface more and you might get a thicker bark. I don't know. It'd be really interesting to hear um, what you end up doing. But don't use the hot water technique on anything thicker than a one-inch thick. Um, but uh, it just might work, uh, um, you know, if you've got 24 hours um, into a 40-degree uh, water bath, should defrost it most of the way, um, and uh, uh, then uh, in the pit the rest of the way. All right, there you go, Diane, and thanks for writing in. Next question is from Leonard Aberman, and he says, Meathead, I want to make pulled pork, but I want to try something other than the traditional rubs. Do you mm. have a recipe for perhaps a Korean-style pulled pork or maybe some other non-traditional pulled pork? Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really a fan of Asian flavors. 
Um, you know, when you start talking Asian flavors, you're talking hoisin sauce, you're talking sesame oil, um, and uh, five spice. Um, those are the core flavors that we identify with. I mean, now you can drill down even further and you can get into some of the more exotic flavors. Of course, soy sauce, um, such things as that. Um, which are the Vietnamese flavors, Thai flavors. Um, I don't see any reason why you couldn't um, use a paste, um, uh, you know, with um, uh, gochujang. Um, gochujang is a um, hot, spicy soy um, soy paste, um, and um, it, it 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 is. Um, I'm just gonna. Oh, it's a it's. A, is it it's Diane Me? It's Diane Me calling to thank you. Yeah, Diane Me. It's a it, no. It's it's spam call. Wow. Um. By the way, I just posted it on on my Twitter feed. Um, Consumer Reports is um, there's a bill before Congress now about uh, meathead, uh, meathead, meathead. Let's stay on task. Let's stay on task. We're losing time. Uh, okay, okay, Let's talk but, about barbecue shit. Let's go. Yeah, but this is this is really aggravating. I'm having a conversation with you and your audience, and that's a spam call. Um, so um, fight against it. Uh, ask your congressman to pass this bill. Right. Um, so um, I'll go Chuchong. I'd have to think about a, um, a rub that I might come up with, but I would definitely start with um, uh, miso paste or go Chuchong. Um, and, um, uh, you know, maybe some, uh, sesame oil and, uh, soy sauces and, and, you know, go for some of those, um, Asian flavors. Uh, Nick Camacho writes, I initially planned to cook pulled pork for Independence Day, but we had a change of plans and I ended up with a Costco vac pack of pork shoulder in my fridge for five days before panicking and cooking it because I was unsure I could put it in the freezer after being out that long. Can you touch on duration that meat can stay in the fridge, how packaging affects that, and can you freeze meat after it's been in the fridge for three or four days? Okay. Um, first of all, if you keep your fridge temp below 38, between 32 and 38, not much is going to grow. So the bacterial spoilage is going to be minimal. Um, so... Um, you can probably go a week or longer, especially if it's in cryovac, which excludes oxygen. Now, oxygen is your other enemy. Um, bacteria will kill you, but um, oxygen will turn the flavor funny. And pork is more susceptible to that than beef. I mean, if you've ever tried, um, you know, freezing pork, you know that you can freeze beef longer than you can pork. The pork fat gets rancid faster than beef fat does. Um, so, <laughs> so rancid. Um, so, um, I don't think you've got a problem with a week or maybe even two, especially in a cryovac. If it's at a low tip, it's important. Use your, you, I mean, almost all you guys got good thermometers. Um, if you've got a thermometer with a remote probe, um, Put it in your fridge. Check your fridge. Make sure your fridge is between 32 and 38. Um, once you start getting up over 40, some bacteria, not all, can grow. So you want to keep it down under uh, 38 if you can, and that will uh, probably be safe. All right. Raleigh Smoke is up next, and he asks, is gas heat really drier than wood slash charcoal, or is that a myth? 
No, I think it's a myth. Um, Here, let me just here's what I've myth. always here's what I've always come to understand about gas heat. Uh, if you're burning wood or you're burning charcoal uh, next to a window, let's say, uh, it just makes everything hot. If you burn a gas heater by a window, there's condensation that forms yep. onto the window. So I would imagine that means it's a, a, a wetter heat. Yes. Uh, uh, there is uh, one of the byproducts of burning natural gas and or propane is water vapor. And so um, a gas and propane do uh, produce water vapor, whereas charcoal and wood will not. So it is a moisture heat. All right. Uh, next up, Doug Scheiding is asking, have you ever done corn beef brined beef ribs or do you have a recipe for it? Doug, oh, I love you, baby. Um, yeah, and um, it, it, it's exactly the same recipe as doing regular corned beef. You've got your bone in there, which you can easily remove, um, but you just make your basic corned beef uh, brine recipe, and yes, we have one on AmazingRibs.com, and it really works. I mean, we were among the very first to start writing about corning your own beef and then smoking it and turning it into pastrami. Now every mommy and daddy blog has a pastrami recipe, most of which are stolen from me. But that's okay, fine. I mean, uh, flattery. Um, but uh, um, th that corn corned beef r recipe on my site, uh, really a good one, really works well, really simple. Basically, you just need salt. Um, you can add the other flavors if you want. They're not going to penetrate too deep. Um, and uh, yeah, there's no necessary, there's no requirement you leave the bone on. If you leave the bone on, the salt is going to penetrate only from three sides, top and the two sides. It's not going to penetrate through the bone, obviously. So it may take a little longer than it would for a corned beef. Um, but if you take the bone off, it, it, it will behave just like a corned beef. And you can make corned beef out of it. And um, beef ribs have a lot of striation, a lot of marbling. They're more like uh, a brisket flat, a brisket point than a brisket flat. So yeah, a good reason to do that. All right. Next question is from Dennis Busso and he asks, Meathead, have you done any testing on woods that may have mold or mildew or other spots on them due to storage issues or other environmental conditions? I see this question come up all the time in chat rooms and they want to know if the wood is safe to use. I have not done testing on it, um, but I have pretty good reason to believe that it's probably not a great idea. Mm. I don't think you're likely to die, but uh, molds um, do produce um, byproducts, some of which can be toxic. And um, uh, burning it may not destroy it. And in fact, vaporizing it might, in fact, uh, put it on your food. So really moldy wood I would steer away from. In fact, I just faced a problem um, uh, on the 4th of July. I went to pull my backwood smoker out of, uh, uh, I haven't used it in a while, and boy was she moldy in there. Mm. And I think a lot of people have encountered this, particularly Weber Smoky Mountains. They can get moldy. Um, and you just you, you you can burn it off. You can power wash it off. There's a bunch of ways to get rid of it, and I, I actually have a whole page devoted to that on the website. But you do want to get rid of it. I believe it. Now I I'm share I'm sharing belief, not fact. 
I'm sharing what I think is true, not something I have found out by testing, but I do believe it will it will um, uh, affect the flavor. All right, uh, Mina, I think we got time for one more question. Uh, from Barbecue Hunk, what's the best barbecue song about barbecue or meat? You know, <laughs> I, I'm biased. You, you got my you got my theme song. No, handy there, that Greg? got you lost. Played it in a long time. I know that got lost in the shuffle somewhere, and I don't know where it is. Uh, I have to send it to you. I mean, I wrote "You Can't Hurry Ribs." You just got to wait. Uh, with apologies to Diana Ross. Um, uh, that, that's one of my favorites. I, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. Um, uh, there's the Chicken Cordon Blues by Steve Goodman, which is one of my favorites. Uh, the, the guy starts dating a vegetarian, and he's got the Chicken Cordon Blues. See, uh, see that chicken in the, uh, see that dog running in the street? He's got a smile on his face because they let him eat meat. Um, <laughs> I have, again, another, a whole page. Go to AmazingRibs.com and search on uh, music or tunes, one of those two words, where I have a long list of food-related music, and many of them are linked to um, Apple Tunes or uh, other places where you can download. And th there's so many good, I mean, and, and especially when you go back to the early jazz singers, uh, Ma Rainey and, uh, uh, well, I mean, okay, how about Louis Armstrong? It was written by um uh his his wife lil but um uh, uh the, the uh, oh god now i'm drawing a blank the uh, the barbecue song that he sang uh, barbecue was um um uh, code for a really pretty girl um uh, oh jeez what's the name of that damn song well in any case this is just a whole bunch of them and they're a lot of fun and i've got a long list of them and i wrote the history of uh that barbecue song. <laughs> all right. Well, my goodness, we have raced through almost all of them. We got three holdovers for next yeah, month if yeah. they're relevant. Uh, what's OPP stand for there on the bottle, Mita? Oh, uh, <laughs> other people's Pinot. Oh, uh, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I guessed it, but I mean, hey. Uh, yeah. Um, I didn't get the joke. You know, again, I'm a little out of, I didn't get the joke until somebody explained it to me. But it's a really nice um, Pinot Gris, and uh, I, I'm not a Pinot Gris fan. I think it's a pretty insipid grape, but this one is a really good one. <laughs> hmm. And uh, somebody in, uh, let me just get over here to uh, um, YouTube. Uh, somebody's got to help me with that Louis Armstrong song. Help me! Well, I got to go look it up. All right. We'll, well hit it. I we'll hit it next it month. All right. We'll we'll uh, send it to me in between, and we'll uh, queue it up for next month. And send me the other uh, can't hurry ribs, and we'll have it ready to go. Okay. All right. In the meanwhile, you can to head over to amazingribs.com. Check out Meathead over there. And as always, uh, thanks for the time, Meathead. We'll see you next month. Next month. All right. There he is, Meathead from amazingribs.com. Doing, man, I can't believe I nailed OPP, Other People's Peanut. Man, I am so good. All right, that's Meathead. Uh, we are running up against the clock here for the second hour, so I will tell you this. Mid-September, and I don't have the date yet, I want to say, well, let me not befuddle myself. Let me see if I can quickly pull up the weekends here. So this would be... September, uh, is it the week of the 14th then? September 14th? Maybe it's the 21st. 
the 14th or the 21st, I'm going to be uh, hosting the Grill Fest over in Hartville Hardware. More to come on that. Uh, but stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right. Thanks again to Meathead. And we are racing to meet the top. So if you have any questions, concerns, comments, and you want to jump in, do it. Stick around. We'll be right back.